Welcome to the GnomeCast, the Gnome Stew's tabletop gaming advice podcast. Here we talk with other gnomes about gaming things to avoid becoming part of the stew, so I guess we'd better be good. This episode is brought to you by our awesome Patreon backers. We have many of them, and I would just like to say thank you, all of you, who give us money on Patreon. It really helps us quite a bit. Today we have something special. A bunch of the gnomes have recorded individual little snippets for you about their experiences with GM burnout. So strap in and enjoy the show. This is Jared, the Review Gnome, and Ange wants us to talk about our GM burnout and what we did to move beyond it. I think my story will be my absolute crash and burn when I stopped playing and running Pathfinder. This isn't a knock on the system, but I was running Pathfinder Society events at the local game store and at local conventions, and I was running Adventure Paths for a regular group, and I was really getting overwhelmed. A lot of it had to do with having players that didn't feel challenged in a system that they expected to challenge them, and me trying to be more tactical rather than telling stories that were facilitated by mechanics. I moved on from Pathfinder to running Savage Worlds one-shots, and then tried to run a Savage Worlds campaign, but the regular campaign wasn't working nearly as well as those one-shots were for me. And one of my players was complaining because we had switched campaigns too many times, and that made me feel terrible, and I didn't want to run anything at all for a, a while. I thought this was going to be the end of me playing, being a GM. I thought, you know, I have peaked. I have done everything I'm going to do as a GM. Maybe that was all the creativity I had in me, and I am done with doing this. And at that point, I was reading the Marvel Heroic Role-Playing Core Rulebook, and at first, it was not clicking with me. I was not clicking with Cortex Plus. I wasn't getting the more abstract representation of abilities. But ironically, when I started hearing some podcasters and they were talking about the game and I heard them like running the games and I was like, that's that's not how that works according to the rules. And no, they should have done this. And I started comparing how I would run these things to what they were doing in the podcast and where I actually thought the game had strengths that the uh, people on the podcast weren't seeing. As I was doing that, I started to realize that I, one, that I was understanding the system, and two, that I actually kind of liked how the system was mechanizing things. And at this point, Google Hangouts were starting to take off. That was the beginning of a lot of people really using online tools to play games. I recruited a group of people that were interested in playing Marvel Heroic Roleplaying. I recorded those and posted them to my YouTube account. And I actually started getting a lot of feedback from people saying that it was helping them to understand the game and it was getting them really excited and how they really wanted to uh, try playing the game. This was, of course... Way before we started seeing um, people like Critical Role coming onto the scene and all of the other uh, streaming shows, if you ever happen across those YouTube videos, they are not well produced. They probably look and sound terrible, but at the time, it was new territory. But in the end, that change of game and the change of venue and the change of players, having all three of those things be new and different, really gave me a lot of energy. And it was energy that I hadn't had in a while, and it helped me to realize even that I liked certain mechanics that I didn't really engage previously in other games. And it pushed me into thinking about how story elements have levers that I like to push and pull. I do end up still, you know, enjoying a lot of more traditional games, but it definitely widened my horizon and broadening my horizon and playing with new people in a new way just completely re-energized me. It was an absolute revelation. From that point on, I didn't experience a lot of burnout other than just not necessarily having the time based on how much I was working and things like that. 
So just from the standpoint of having the time but not having the energy, I would have to say that was the big, big uh, burnout moment that I got beyond. Hey there, I'm John Arcadian, and here's my GM burnout story. Well, one of many. I've, I've had more than a few burnouts in my decades of being a GM through multiple systems and multiple playstyles. When I'm running more traditional, longer form games, I tend to go all in. Um, I make in interesting set pieces and maps. I do, you know, character backstory hooks, change my plot, incorporate side jobs so players can sort of do things that they enjoy doing that may not be part of the main story. I sort of build custom homebrews that allow me to say yes to my players more often than not. I've even gone so far as, you know, creating animated intros and interactive video game dialogues because I have those skills to create things like that. Sometimes that means a lot of prep work before a game, and sometimes it means just a lot of prep work just to have all those things available when you need them, you know, so you can improv at the table. Doing all that work before and around a game can get tiring, and if I run long games that go many, many, many months, there's a point where all that work sort of switches from scratching my creative itch to just wearing me out, especially if other parts of my life are just draining my brain space and, and taking up all my creative energies. So I tried to check in with myself often when I'm running a long game and ask myself how I'm feeling about the work I'm doing and if I'm doing too much. I, I really like making these incredible experiences, but if I don't check in, I get overwhelmed and it starts to feel like a burden. I don't catch myself getting close to, to burning out easily. So if I do a check-in and I see that I'm starting to get a little worn down or I'm not enjoying it as much, I figure out how I can rev down rather than burn out. My, my players are still going to get a good, enjoyable game. It just may not have every other thing that I've done for every other game, but it will still be a good, enjoyable game. The other times that I felt burnout are when I do what my partner calls shooting all over yourself. I'll run a game, usually a pre-created module, how I think it should go rather than how I enjoy running games. Maybe I'll be trying to grab that old school dungeon crawl experience or I'll be working to create, you know, a, an interesting narrative experience with the mechanics instead of narrative elements because that's in the tone of the genre that I'm running. The thing is, I don't usually run games like that, and it's like driving in second gear. You work extra hard trying to fit yourself into the game, rather than trying to fit it to yourself. Th that's where the effort should be spent, trying to understand what makes this game, what makes this genre enjoyable, and how that intersects with your own playstyle. There's something to be said for understanding the genre and the experience and working to recreate that. You don't go into watching John Carpenter's The Thing expecting a Guardians of the Galaxy type experience. But you should always run your games in a way that is fun and enjoyable. And if that's not the, you know, deep psychological horror, if those notes are hard to hit, don't run that game or craft that game slightly differently and make sure you're on the same page. Maybe the challenge of running that type of dark horror game is exciting, which is great, but understand it's always going to take a lot more energy to hit all the right notes. And if you're used to running in a certain style, it's going to be harder to, to get that other style. You're always going to be working against yourself. So when I run my Tarrasque games at conventions, I know people are showing up to have a big, mechanical, epic D&D-style battle and use interesting and clever tactics. I still run those games, rules as intended and with my own style, the same sort of way that I run my home games. I provide lots of opportunities for players to do cool things. I provide like five inspiration points per game with multiple things they can use to buy themselves out of, you know, incredible danger or, you know, add damage or do things that, that really make epic moments. 
I always tend to say yes to insane player ideas, and then I just say, all right, give me a DC-15 to justify leaping from the ground onto the Trask's back, even if that's not mechanically at all possible within their character scope. I may say, give me some inspiration to do it. It's not that hardcore tactical game, but it's what I enjoy running and what the players usually enjoy having fun with. If I tried to shit all over myself to, to hit all those genre notes and make it exactly that raw style, it would be so much more work and I would burn out. So my recipes for avoiding burnout are to constantly check in with myself and make sure I'm enjoying the work I'm putting into the games that I'm running and making sure that I'm running them in a way that I enjoy, that also honors the genre, but doesn't hold it as an absolute. I hope these help you avoid some burnout in the future. Hey, this is uh, Gnome Matt. We've had a gaggle of new gnomes in uh, recent years, but uh, I think I'm still the only Matt. I've had GMing burnout for a couple years now. I think the marked difference is that I used to think I knew what I was doing, and now you know I can't make simple decisions without second-guessing myself. So, you know, sometimes this is an ongoing problem, and honestly, I'm not sure I have a solution. In fact, I'm kind of excited for this podcast so that uh, I can hear what the other gnomes have to say about it. I'm going to share a couple things that I think have been helpful for me, but I can't swear to their efficacy or, you know, I still wouldn't have this problem. First thing I would say is, you know, keep playing, reading, and watching. You know, all the things you used to do and consume before you have burnout. You know, you don't have to leave those behind. You can still look to them for inspiration and just enjoy them as the media they are. Uh, you know, keep trying to create things, to run games. I did have a little bit of luck recently with using some pre-made material. It takes a lot of stuff off of your hands and you can just make use of what someone else created. Uh, I had my own challenges with the pre-made material, but that's a completely different podcast. And then the last thing I would say is I saw a post not too long ago on Deeper in the Game. They said to ruthlessly cut back what you want to prepare. They were talking about in the context of trying to fit a timeline of a four to six week game. To me, that spoke to just aggressively cutting back what you're trying to prepare. And uh, I gave it a shot and I'm actually making some headway on some material because it's not so overwhelming anymore. So you could try that. Anyway, I hope you find the answers you're looking for in some of the other gnome stuff and, uh, you know, let us know how you're doing. Ange here. I came to being a game master fairly late in my time of being a gamer. Because of this, I have never been the forever GM or the primary GM of any given group. Most of my incidents of burnout are related to keeping the campaign going. In part, I lacked the skills to understand what I needed to do when a game started struggling, but I also dealt with the guilt that I was having problems at all. Aren't good GMs supposed to be able to go forever without any problems? Burnout for me became synonymous with losing my way with a campaign. In those early days, every time I ran into trouble with a campaign, I'd flake out and give up, causing many of those early campaigns to die horrible deaths. Two of my most notable were supers campaigns that I'm still embarrassed about today. The first campaign I ever ran was a Mutants and Masterminds game where the players discovered their powers in the very first session. That campaign went great, but in later years when I tried to revisit the concept of characters discovering their powers during the game, it was a disaster. The first was the Boston game where they were all college students who had been secretly experimented on, leading them to develop powers. We played maybe three or four sessions before I lost my confidence and gave up on the campaign. 
I can't even really explain what went wrong with that one, as the players seemed to be enjoying it, but I felt like I was floundering and abandoned it quickly. To be honest, I doubt anyone remembers that one much at all. The second one is far more painful. That was my Cleveland Supers game. I've written about that one before. Not knowing what was to come in 2020, I set up the campaign with a flu epidemic that was actually a secretly released bioweapon to activate latent superpowers. Now, forgiving my ignorance, a decade before we would find out what a worldwide pandemic was actually like, I used this plot point to explain why people in the world were suddenly developing powers. The players loved this campaign. We had some really great sessions, and even a decade later, they'll still talk about some of those moments. Like using half a zombie on a skateboard to go find its newly awakened necromancer master. Or promising a horde of rats that they'd get them IHOP pancakes if they'd help scare some goons in an office building. Thing is, as my players started learning more about the game world, they started speculating and extrapolating what those conditions in the world would mean when a significant percentage of the population was going to develop powers. They surmised that this was going to destabilize society and possibly lead to a post-apocalyptic future. This was not what I had intended for the campaign, but they weren't wrong. Once they started postulating these thoughts, I panicked and abandoned the campaign. I felt like I'd lost control and I didn't know what to do. For me, burnout was quick, violent, and meant dropping a campaign like it was on fire. After that game's failure, I realized I needed to figure out some better coping mechanisms and skills if I ever wanted to be half the GM I thought I had the potential to be. On a personal level, I began examining what I actually needed to feel confident and comfortable with a campaign. One-shots are completely different. I can improvise those with a couple of ideas, some genre-savvy knowledge, a little bit of pixie dust, and a whole lot of luck, and my players have a fantastic time with no prep at all. Campaigns are completely different, though. I need a plan, I need a framework, and I need to know what's going on in the game around the characters. It doesn't necessarily have to be a drastic amount of work, but I can't just wing it by the seat of my pants. That's what causes my campaigns to go careening off cliffsides. Over the years, I've figured out my comfort level for prep and knowing how to prep enough to feel confident but leave enough room to improvise on the fly for when my players throw me a curveball. And your players are going to throw you curveballs. I've also been a lot quicker to recognize when a game isn't working for me. Sometimes the burnout happens because the game is just the wrong combination of system, concept, or even players. As fantastic as I think my Tales from the Loop con games are, when I recently tried to run a campaign, after one session I knew it wasn't working. It just wasn't the same feel and I didn't know where to go with it. When I finally worked up the courage to confess this to the group, I offered some alternative games and we switched to a science fiction game that went much better. As a closing thought, another thing I need to mention is how having a good support network with your game group can help alleviate burnout when it does crop up. And it is going to crop up. It doesn't matter whether it's just some combination of you and the game not clicking or stuff in life going awry. For my Saturday group, this means having multiple GMs that can take turns or step up to the plate in an emergency. As an example, in March of 2020, the GM that was running our game at the time worked for the Monroe County Department of Health. As you can imagine, he suddenly had a whole lot more on his plate and couldn't continue GMing. We immediately set aside his campaign and I stepped in to pick up and run a campaign because I had the least stress on me at that time, which is saying something considering how stressed everyone was. 
anyway, that group has been going strong for over 15 years now, and I attribute that to us sharing GMing duties. It's allowed the group to be resilient and flexible and allow for those moments when burnout does happen. It can hit for a multitude of reasons, but the key is to recognize when it's happening to you and address it head on. Don't be like me from the 2000s and flake out on your floundering games. Good luck and good gaming. Burnout. What have I got to say about it? Well, um, I've been many times burnt out in my time GMing, uh, mostly playing D&D. Something that usually happens to me is that I just uh, run out of ideas of things to do with my adventure or campaign at the moment. And when that happens, when everything that I had planned out, just uh, I can't apply any of it at the moment because the player just veered away from what I was planning for the campaign or something occurred, so I couldn't use the things that I wanted to at the moment or things like that. I just came into a burnt out state and I didn't know what to do at the moment. So when that comes, what I usually try to do is go out for a walk. Well, going out for a walk or doing some kind of relaxing activity like taking a long shower or maybe uh, going out with your dog, staying in bed, meditating, things like that. Those kinds of things have your head spinning around and thinking of new ideas. You can accommodate all the ideas that you have in your head at those kind of times. And from one moment to the other, an idea may spring into your head. If that doesn't occur, then you can go check out some movie or a book, a comic book, a webcomic, anything that you don't usually do, or maybe just turn on the TV, think that, think that nobody does anymore, and, and check out some channel on the TV. And maybe there is some movie that you have never seen in there, movies that you don't usually see, or a drama from a K-drama, something like that. All those kinds of, of things, even though you may not usually see them, can spring new ideas into your mind. A horror movie about plants called The Ruins just got my head turning and made me think of a whole adventure in the Feywild for my players. Then I also had uh, inspiration while playing the video game Splatoon and they created a whole new campaign for my players to play based on a city uh, that has everything to do with art. What if that doesn't work for you? Maybe you have seen movies, you have read comics and no new ideas spring into your mind. Maybe you're just stuck in that campaign you are and you're bunched out and can't think of anything else to do. Um, in that case, why don't you ask in some forum or go to Reddit uh, to the many different places in the internet that can help you. People love um, seeing the things that you are creating and offer their ideas. It may be a problematic place at times, but from time to time, you can find good people that can help you out. I also like looking at art pieces in the internet. Maybe go to DeviantArt, ArtStation, or start following artists on Twitter or Instagram. Those people create beautiful pieces of art that are ginormous sources of inspiration for me. I've created entire cities because of a, just a piece of art that I've seen. Nevertheless, there are moments in which you just burn out and nothing can help you get some inspiration. In those cases, I suggest taking a break. Just uh, put a stop to the campaign for some weeks, maybe a month or, or more. Start a new campaign if you like as well, or suggest one of your players to 
make a campaign in which you can be a player. Seeing other people GM is fantastic way to find out new things that you can add to yours. For that very reason, I also suggest looking at actual plays. Not only Critical Role, which is the most known one, but all of the other ones that are not as well known. Because all GMs have different ways of GMing, which you may like stealing or adding to your game. And that can help you with your burnout. This is Chris Nizak, and I'm going to talk about my experience with GM burnout and how maybe this can help you understand a little more about yourself. So I was running 4th edition. This is back then, 2008. And it was a game I ran for my wife and her college friends. And it taught me that the act of gaming wasn't really the thing that interested me about gaming. And it wasn't about the group. And it wasn't about that weekly camaraderie. And it wasn't about that activity of, of role playing. To me, it was about the story that we were telling together at the table. And that's what I loved. And without that being a driving factor in the game, I burn out so fast, faster than a battery in a car left on all night. So we were coming up on the end of a big story arc that I had set up and we've been playing for over a year and a half. And these were weekly sessions. These days I play mostly bi-weekly. They had scaled a uh, complex called uh, Dragonheim. They, over the course of many, many adventures, they eventually ended up here uh, trapped in the prison and also outside of the prison, they were the group was split, and they escaped from the prison, fought their way through the complex. Their allies from the outside showed up with an army of dragonborn and dragons that assisted them, and they were racing against the clock to stop their enemies from summoning the king in yellow. That was the one of the things that I had there. The, everything was being facilitated by Carcosa and the king in yellow in this campaign. So it was a little bit um, out there as far as enemies go. A lot of mind flayers, a lot of beholders, a lot of stuff like that. Where I made my mistake was when I asked them what they wanted to do after this arc was over. At that point in time in my life, this was 2008, I figured the game should go on after this story arc. The characters were only level 12. You know, there were 30 levels in D&D 4th edition. So I was like, yeah, we should probably just keep playing. The problem for me is I didn't have a, a story or a situation or a plot or whatever you want to call it that I was excited about to explore after this story arc. Every bad guy I'd introduced was about to be destroyed or dealt with. Every plot thread that I had going on was going to have some kind of ending and, and wrap up. And it would have been a nice complete campaign at that point. But, you know, like I said, I asked them what they want to do after it. And they said they wanted to keep playing, but they also didn't have any idea themselves. So I had to go and invent something. Uh, we finished that story arc, what I would have considered the end of the campaign at that point. But I, I invented things to happen after that. And what I invented, I thought was pretty meh. And the players were okay with it too, because they were just happy to be playing. But it didn't have the same feel as that first very long story, which, you know, lasted well over 50 sessions. And it was fine. Like, we had a good time. We played another 12 sessions of the game after that climactic moment that ended that first story arc, that first big campaign arc. But I just wasn't excited about this next story. Uh, I'd also been playing in a mostly weekly D&D 4th edition game for over a year or two at that time. So I was kind of done with fourth edition because it'd been something like 300 plus sessions and in just a couple of years if you included convention games that i had run in shorter campaigns that i had scheduled in the in in the in-betweens or you know another night of the week during those times so the game just sort of died out because i canceled a few sessions and then a player had to quit because the schedule didn't match up with them anymore and then another two players graduated and moved uh 300 miles away and that 
that's not what really killed the campaign because I could have replaced them. I'd had people replaced in this game before, and I had a lot of people who wanted to play in this particular game. They People had just known about it and they were interested in being a part of it, but I had too many players as well. I had seven. So really having getting down to four, I could have gotten back, gotten back up to five and just been perfectly fine. But those couple things together, plus the fact that I wasn't really having fun with it anymore and it felt like work, was a good enough excuse to just stop playing that game. So if you couldn't catch the reasons why it was a burnout situation for me, the primary one was because I just didn't quite understand my reasons for enjoy the enjoyment of role-playing games. It's primarily the storytelling. That's my first one. I love when role-playing games feel like stories, the ones that we watch in movies and TV and reading all kinds of books and whatnot. That's the most important thing for me. After that, it's about the play of the game at the table. I love when the gameplay feels engaging, when the players are into what's going on with their characters, and when everything feels like it's in sync with myself, the players, and the rules of the game. Once those two things fall by the wayside, even if one of them does, I start really losing interest in the game. My prep starts feeling like a job, I'm not excited to facilitate the game, and every time I do, I just resent it more and more until I end up being stressed and upset about game mastering. So now that I know myself and what I'm into, I very much go about crafting and playing games that are limited engagements. I have ideas for where stories and plots and, and situations are going. I, I call up these scenarios and I'll bring them to the table. And then I, I have an idea of where things are going to end. And I also know that it's going to end. And that means I can help the other players drive towards that with my, my antagonist's actions and then set up their characters' motivations and, and plot threads and character stories to drive towards those endings too. And that gives me the thing that I love from role-playing games and storytelling, which makes me excited to get to the game table. Another thing that I do is that I don't actually have what people would consider a game group. I go around and build groups to play games. Uh, this means I gather players that I think will be good together and for that particular game that I'm playing. Also, if nothing else, it just gives me a new person to bounce ideas off of and to go back and forth with the game table. I like that freshness. It, it helps keep me sharp as a game master having these new ideas coming at me so that keeps my uh my wanting to game master up too so there you go that's uh that's my experience and if it sounds somewhat like your experience then i hope some of these ideas can help you avoid some future gm burnout or even help a game that you have going now get to a satisfying conclusion thank you for listening to the gnome cast this show is funded by the gnome stew patreon you too can become a Patreon backer by following the Patreon link on the GnomeStew website to the GnomeStew Patreon. You can find all of us at GnomeStew.com, at GnomeStew on Twitter, and GnomeStew on Facebook. We'll talk to you again in two weeks.